Welcome to the Right Now Workshop Podcast. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 13. What are we going to write next? So, you may find that some of these podcast episodes are not entirely about you. I meant them to be about you, but as I think of topics to talk about and what do I want to talk about in what order, I am occasionally finding that what I really want to talk about is what's bothering me. But If you can learn from my mistakes, then yay, that is what we all want to do, right? Okay, so it's the beginning of the year when I'm recording this. It's Friday the 12th, I think, of January of 2018. It's going to come out on, I really should have written this down and told myself what day so I could tell you. It's going to come out on Tuesday the 16th of January. (laughs) That should be when you're listening to it, Tuesday or later. So, um, I wanted to talk to you about what are we going to write next? Because as a matter of fact, not only is it the beginning of the new year when I'm talking to you, but I have recently put to bed a book and I need to decide which one I'm going to write next. For the first time in my entire writing career, which is, you know, seven-ish years, I decided that it was time to do a reader survey. And I figured out how to do one, and I sent it out, and I've been getting responses, which is awesome. And they're not at all helpful in one key area. What do you want me to write next? Because when I first started writing, I was involved in the traditional side. It didn't get published by a traditional publisher uh, because I was was writing Chiclet right about the time Chiclet was dying, so nobody was really buying it anymore. Um, but that was the experience and the everything that I learned had to do with getting published in a traditional publishing market. So that meant that editors and agents were saying, don't write a series. If you don't sell book one, you'll have wasted all that time. If you don't sell book one, write another book one or write another standalone. And so some people listened, people like me who are brown nosers at heart and always were the teacher's pet. And other people who are the rebels, they didn't listen and they wrote whatever they wanted, including their seven book series that they could never sell. And then self-publishing came on the scene and... Let's just say those people made more money than I did (laughs) when I put out my book because I followed the rules and I did not write all of my books in a series. I wrote book one and then I wrote book one of a different series and then I wrote book one of a different series. So here I am at the beginning of 2018. I've got a couple of books in each series except for Little Miss Lovestick. Sorry, Little Miss Lovesick is still the standalone chiclet book that um, does not yet have any partners, but has at least three other um, partially plotted out books that are going to come in that series. And that series, because it's set in Traverse City, Michigan, uh, the town that I pretty much grew up in, um, the town that I met and married my husband in, yeah. So it's the town of my heart, and I just decided, even though it sounds really ridiculous and geeky and, I don't know, silly to me in a way, I can't help it, I'm going to call that series Traverse City in Love. Yes, that is what I said. <laughs> I'm Tell me what you think. Tell me if it sounds really dorky. That's what I was trying to say, dorky. It does sound dorky, but I'm kind of dorky. And the characters in the books are kind of dorky, so it works out. Anyway, sorry. Rabbit trail. (laughs) So I have Little Miss Lovesick by itself. I have the superhero series, which is The Adventures of Lewis and Clark, 
which is um, Tori Lewis and Joe Clark, and they get married, and they're fighting supervillains and sometimes each other. And that was one book, and then somebody said, oh, you know what, why don't you just try to write a short story as like a freebie that you can give away. And so I took what used to be the beginning of it, which was a lot more romance-oriented than what I wanted. I wanted people to clearly understand this book was going to be some romance, some humor, some action and adventure, not just entirely romance. So I took that original romance beginning, and I made it into a short story, and it got published in an anthology, and then I put it up on the all the major retailers and it's for free everywhere superhero in disguise and then you know I move around a lot I told you that in some of the other episodes my husband's in the film industry I was just in a place of like I don't know what to write and I don't have much time but I know I need to write something and some friends of mine said why don't you just write something that you already know the story and you don't have to worry about plotting and I was like oh well like you mean like when Tori and Joe get married? Like I know it happens, but book one starts with them coming back from their honeymoon. So they're like, yeah, yeah, write that. Well, and I'm like, well, it happens on Christmas Eve. They're like, it's perfect. So they told me in October, yeah, definitely write the Christmas wedding story. That'll be awesome. People will love it. So they told me that in October. I wrote it in November and published it in December. Holy crap, this is the fastest I've ever written anything. But I totally knew the story because I had to figure out how these people were going to act based on how they met and then what they were going to be like after they came back from their honeymoon. So I had already known all of their whole courtship phase anyway. So all I had to do was write it down, which is great. But now I had two prequels to a book one, which isn't really necessarily the best order of <laughs> in which to write. Then I was writing book two. John got in a motorcycle accident. I just stopped writing for a year. Um, and then for like a whole nother year, every time I opened that file, I just couldn't do it. I would just hear his voice saying, yeah, I, I'm laying on the pavement. And anyway, I just I couldn't work on the book because it was just emotionally draining to me. So, um, so I didn't work on that book for a long time. And then I had this kind of Valentine's Day story with the other superheroes. Where I was like, oh, I'll try that. And it was pulling teeth. It was one of those stories that you just can't figure out. How does the story really go? And is it dumb? Am I writing something dumb? Is it interesting? It's supposed to be kind of funny. Um, that took forever to write. It's, I guess, technically a novelette. I just call it a short story. Um, and so I got that out. Now these books are like just in such a weird order and numerically like numbering them in the system um, was a total pain. I It's messed up. I'm not exactly sure uh, how, how I'm going to fix it. But <clears throat> all that to say, now I have four titles in the superhero series. And then I put out a box set that was the first three so that people get the beginning in order the way it's supposed to be. So how they met when they got married, and then when she finds out that she actually has superpowers, which is the short story prequel, followed by the wedding novella, followed by the official book one, Unexpected Superhero. So all those came out in a box set. So I have five titles in the superhero series, but it's not in a way that it's easy for people to go, oh yeah, I'm going to start here, and then I'm just going to read five books in a row. It's not really like that. And then I had another series that I was thinking about, partially because it was something that was in my heart and just it would be 
fun and sweet and funny and um and I had wanted to give some of my readers really would prefer that I um, have some things written that have no sex and no profanity. And sometimes that's what I feel like writing. Um, and so The Strays of Loon Lake, that series is never going to have sex or profanity. It's going to be totally clean, totally G-rated. I'm pretty sure G-rated. I'm trying to think of all the Disney movies that I've seen. Make sure that I guess it could be PG. I don't know, but I think G. <laughs> Um, and so again, I had a short story, which is technically a novelette, like 10 or 12,000 words, um, that was published in an, in an anthology. And then I was able to publish that after it came out of the anthology. And then, yay, I finally finished book one in August of 2017. So that came out like, I think the day before I moved out of my house in Wellington when we lived in New Zealand. So it was a very busy weekend. <laughs> So here we are in January. I've been moving. I've been thinking about where's the next place I'm going to move. I've been working on the podcast. I've been working on my time management class. And in the meantime, a part of my brain is going, come on, I need to write. What are you going to write? So all that to say, I asked my readers, and now that you understand exactly what their choices were, I said, what, do you, what would please you most to read in 2018? Well... It came out almost one-third, one-third, one-third. Oh, my gosh. It's great. My readers like my work. Some of them love my work. It's wonderful. But when 37% want a new superhero book, 33% want a new Loon Lake book, and 30% want a new Chicklet book, I'm still kind of standing here going, oh my gosh, what should I write? How many books can I actually write this year? So with all that as the background, here are some of the usual answers out there. My take on these answers, and hopefully if you're in a position like this um, at the time that you're listening or later, you can come back to this episode. These are some ways of looking at it. And maybe by the time I'm finished talking, I will figure out what I'm going to write next. Okay, so first of all, if you haven't finished a book yet, the thing you need to do is you need to finish a book, no matter what. I've been helping a friend of mine who has been working on the same book for 10 or more years. It's just it's just one of those things. It happens. A lot of times our first book take us, you know, 2, 5, 10, 15 years before we finish it. And a lot of times we finish it because somebody said, "You need to finish it. You just need to finish it." And let me tell you what happens because this is what happened with me when Little Miss Lovesick was finally finished. You can almost hear this light switch go off on your brain where your brain goes, oh, okay. So that's what it's like to start a book and get all the way to the end and say the end. And it just changes everything. It changes the way that you think. It changes the way that you believe, what you believe you can do. When you edit that book and get it all the way edited and it's actually now in perfectly awesome shape to go ahead and get published and then you publish it, or if you're um, sending it to a traditional publishing agency, you're sending like this fully completed manuscript to an agent or an editor, or you're turning it into your um, traditional publisher who has already, you know, gotten you a contract or whatever. But there's just something that happens in your brain where your brain's like, oh, okay, I see what you want now. And it makes just the next one easier. Easier, not necessarily in terms of story, then we can sometimes get into this place in our minds where we're like, oh my gosh, that was a good book. How will I ever write another good book like that again? How will I write a better book? Um, that's just a normal thing that 
writers and creative people feel. So if you feel that way, just tell yourself, this is normal. I have to get through it and get over it. But if you haven't finished your first book yet, it doesn't, I don't care what you're writing. If it's crap, just finish it so that your brain will get that little switch that goes, oh, okay, that's what it's like to finish a book. Then start something new and better. (laughs) Or, you know, if that one's not crap, now you finished it and now you can work on revising and, um, you know, publishing. Publishing is good. If that's what you want to do, that's what the goal is. Okay. The other thing that you can decide is, well, I'm going to work on the book of my heart, the thing I'm most passionate about right now. That is awesome. It's definitely a viable choice. What you want to make sure is that you don't decide every week or month or, you know, every three months that, um, oh, I have a new passion now. So I'm going to just set this one aside just for a little while and work on my new one, which is what I'm really going to write and publish next. Sometimes there's a really good reason why you would do that. What I don't want you to do is to get to the point where, again, going back to the first point, you've never actually finished a book. That doesn't work for you. It's totally fine if you want to write for fun, but pretty much on this podcast, I'm going to be talking to you as if what you want to do is write and publish books for a living. Okay, so you can write your passion. That's your next choice. You got to finish it once you start it, but you can write your passion. The other thing is, is that you can write your latest, newest interest, which again, there are reasons why those two things are slightly different. For instance, um, I have a passion project that I started in grad school that was in 2010. So can you believe it's been nine years since I started that book? Or um, sorry, no, eight. Um, it's been seven years since I started that book because it was um, later in 2010. Um, I really, really, really want to write this book. And I thought of a way to make it into at least a trilogy. And I'm very excited about it. And I've been thinking, hmm, I wonder if this other idea that I also had is actually a bigger part of this idea. And the two things actually should mesh, which would make it an amazing idea. It's definitely the book slash series of my heart, something I'm very passionate about. But I so very much want to do it awesomely. It's probably not even the right way to say awesome, but I just want it to be awesome. I want to write it awesomely. (laughs) And so I have not been actually working on it that much. Um, I think about it all the time, but I know there's some research I need to do and I haven't had time to do it with all the moving and stuff that I do. So that is on my agenda. It's not the thing that I'm going to work on in 2018. I mean, you know, I'll continue writing notes and trying to figure out the plot and everything, but I'm probably not actually going to write on that book in 2018. So while that's my passion book, which was the number two choice of what to write next, um, what I'll actually be working on is my latest slash newest interest. And for me, right this second, it would seem that The Strays of Loon Lake fits that bill. I've got a uh, short story prequel ish it's not exactly it's it's a it's a standalone but I call it the prequel it's the entrance to the series I've got that already out and published I've got book one already out and published and so from a marketing standpoint and from a let's make a career out of this and make enough money to pay the mortgage standpoint I need to get at least books two and three out in that series in order for me to be able to market it in such a way that people find the short story go oh I love this I want to buy book one which is awesome so now I'm going to buy book two and three also and start getting some real movement and momentum in that so that 
that could be a third thing, a third way to decide uh, what book you're going to write next. Um, and that, for me, ties into, uh, and see the reason why you're doing that instead of the po passion project, the reason why you literally are walking away from one project to start another, but it's not the bright, shiny syndrome, is because your passion project is going to require more work, more time, more research, you know, whatever, um, that then you really have to give it right now. And you're still trying to focus on um, writing books that are going to get published soon enough, you know, where you're putting things out often enough that you're talking about, you know, ways to make enough money to pay the mortgage. Okay, so number one, finish your first book. Number two, you could write your passion book. Number three, you could write whatever is your latest or newest interest. And number four, depending on what you write and how you want to write and what your marketing ideas are, you know, from watching what other people are doing, what is the smartest thing maybe to finish a series. Now, for me, because I had started writing in this traditional world where you write book one, and then if that doesn't sell, you write a different book one and a different book one, I have three series, which was why I asked my readers, what do you want to read? So um, what I know I'm going to do is I'm going to get at least three books out in one of the series, and I'd like to do that in 2018. Depends a little bit on how often I move in 2018. <laughs> I think I uh, posted a blog in... October of 2017, saying that in the 10 months previous, I had moved four times. So if you're wondering why in 10 years I've not gotten that many books out, yeah, that would be why. <laughs> okay, so let's say that you're in my position and you have more than one series. Now, and you're thinking, yes, that's what I need to do. I need to finish at least three books uh, you know, or more in a series so that readers have a starting place and then a place to go automatically after that and the next place and the next place. I just um, bought books three and four in a series that I love by Rachel Aaron. It's her um, Heart Strikers series. It's dragons and it's Detroit and it's awesome. It's urban fantasy. Uh, I'll try to remember the name of the first book I think is... Um, no good dragon goes unpunished. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, just look up Rachel Aaron, R-A-C-H-E-L-A-A-R-O-N. This series is awesome. I read book one and immediately bought book two. Then I read book two. We were moving and stuff, and I was like, I can't just be blindly spending money when, uh, when we're in between jobs. So I didn't buy any more. And then my husband started reading book one, and he really liked it. And he's like, how many books are in this series? I'm like, well... Three and four are also in this series, and if we bought them, so I immediately bought them, and I would have bought all three of them after reading book one if I was in a place where that's the way I, you know, was interested in spending my money in that moment. But this is the sort of thing that readers want. This is the sort of thing, you know, that we want as readers. We want to find a series that we love or an author that we love to read all their standalone books. You know, it kind of depends on the genre. So all that to say, you have all these options. What are you going to do? Well, worst case scenario, you're in my shoes. I think this might be worst case scenario. You have more than one series out, none of which has three books that are easy to read all the way through. And I just say that because of um, my superhero series only has one full length novel and the other three are, are shorter pieces that were more a matter of let's try to keep reader interest and stuff while I try to get back to book two. 
So let's say that you have two or three different series started or two or three standalones that you're like, you know what, I should make them into series. So what do you do next? And then you ask your readers and they're evenly divided. Then I think it just comes back to, is there one that will take you less time to write? So for instance, The Strays of Loon Lake, the thing that I like about that is that I've built this imaginary place based on real places, and um, I've created a town and characters already in the short story and the book one that these are all, like I already know all the characters that are probably going to find love and a forever home. It's, it's about, um, you know, men and dogs who find love in a forever home or something like that. Because, um, you know, there has to be a dog in every book in that series. So, um, so it's very fun. It's light. It's easy. There's nothing I really have to research except for, you know, the usual things like what's the temperature in April anyway, you know, stuff like that. Um, versus superhero books, those are more complex. I've got a lot of things going on. I've got a really scary group of bad guys who are in Las Vegas, possibly other parts of the world, which means that I would need to make sure I was doing enough research to make sure that all of the places were accurately portrayed, presented, um, and there's a certain amount of, um, every book is going to get darker. I have a five book arc planned out. And everyone will get darker until um, the first one starts out pretty light and fun. But the fifth one, hopefully you don't read those two books in a row because you'd be like, what is going on? That is so different. But I have a whole, you know, Gathering Darkness arc going with that one. That'll take more time. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind. Then the Chiclet books, there's a certain amount of research that I need to do because I'm basing the... uh, jobs that some of the characters have on real places that are actually in Traverse City, which is totally so much fun. I should tell you sometime about my awesome experience uh, doing research at the Grand Traverse Pie Company. And um, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. And then uh, Wright Brain Brewery, where they showed me all the craft brewery stuff and how they figured, oh my gosh, this is so, so, so much fun. So again, there's a there's a passion project that it's a new interest that I really want to work on. Um, it takes a little bit of time because there's more research involved. So these are the questions that we need to ask ourselves. How much time do we want to take on things that need to be researched? Do we want to write books that are going to be faster? Maybe books that are going to be a little bit shorter. The Loon Lake books are meant to be a little shorter, but I can't seem to write short. So, so there's, um, there is some difference in uh, the word count for them. The Loon Lake books look like they're probably going to be about 70,000 words each. The Chiclet books are closer to 85, and the superhero books are about 100 each. So it's not a huge difference necessarily to a reader, but it can be you know, a lot of extra words if you're trying to ask yourself, what's my plan? Because remember, one of the things that I've been talking about the last few weeks is planning out your projects and getting it onto the calendar so that you know how much do I need to write each day in order to make my goals. Okay, I hope that this has helped you to figure out what book you're going to write next. For me, I don't know. What do you think I should do? Come let me know. Send me a message. Leave a comment. (laughs) I am nervous because I want to write all the books at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, I can't do that. Okay, 
So that is my teaching episode for this week. I hope it was both entertaining and helpful. And I look forward to talking to you more. Also, keep in mind that Thursday of this week, which um, I really should just rememberize these dates when I'm doing these podcasts, huh? Whatever day Thursday is of this week, like January, uh, let's see, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, I think, of 2018. I haven't even had um, caffeine. This is just kitty. This is just kitty. Uh, January 18th, I think it is, of 2018. I'm very excited to have my friend Jim Bell, who writes as James Scott Bell as our interview guest for Thursday. So be sure to listen to that episode. It's going to be quite fun and totally helpful. And who knows what Jim talks about may actually help you choose what book you're going to write next. All right, that's it for now. I'm going to shut up because, um, you know, my husband thinks I can just keep on talking forever. And at moments like this, I, I worry that he might be right. So I will talk to you more later. Have a great day.